Pele leaned in and said something to Freddie. Don't let them change you. Keep working on what makes you different and what makes you special. It was great advice, but it caused me some problems. But what could change Freddie do? Soccer is going to explode and it's going to be around this kid. We were the Beatles. Everywhere we went, it was the Freddie show. And with that came the expectation and with that came the pressure. New episodes of American Prodigy drop Tuesdays from Blue Wire Podcasts. What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 48 of Land Parties from the Las Vegas Review Journal. This episode is brought to you by Bet Online. I am your host, Lucas Agan. Joining me, as always, is Ryan Smith. Ryan, how was your weekend, my friend? It was, I mean, it was fantastic. We got, we, we finally got cyberpunk. So obviously I have been just going ham on that. I'm enjoying it. We'll get into talking about that here in a little bit. Other than that, though, it was just uh, pretty chill. Again, just enjoying being home. We got the Christmas tree up. We've got the lights up, you know, feeling it. We got cookies, uh, you know, we got activities. So I'm enjoying just uh, taking some time, hanging out with some family and obviously playing some video games. How was your weekend, my friend? My weekend was good. It was good. You know, if if you follow me on social media, I could I finally finally got to share <laughs> that announcement that we teased yes. just briefly at the end of the episode. Uh I guess to throw it out there, uh, I was selected as part of the Game Awards Future Class, which was awesome and surprising. And I, uh, I don't, I don't think it's fully sunk in yet. But celebrate it. Huge congrats to you on that. That is, I mean, seeing that. Uh, seeing that, you know, the fact that you were a part of the game award show, uh, just seeing, you know what I mean, that there's recognition as far as what people are doing in the gaming space and not just creating games. But I mean, it was the gamut of video games and, and the future of video games. Uh, huge congrats to you, my friend. I appreciate that. And, you know, Ryan, it's it's just as much ours because the show, I mean, what a year it's been for us. So I'm thankful that, that we're doing the show together. Absolutely. But enough about us because I am insanely excited to introduce our guest this week. You know her from, my goodness, so much stuff. <laughs> to give a partial list from Persona 5, Borderlands 3, Horizon Zero Dawn, Sword Art Online, Pokemon, Violet Evergarden, and Erased, and of course, this this tiny little title that just came out called Cyberpunk. Sheremy Lee is joining us today. Sheremy, how are you? I am great. I'm so excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Of course, we are, like I said, we're super excited and we're we're ready to get into Cyberpunk, but we wanted to touch on just a few topics first. And speaking of the Game Awards... Man, The Last of Us pretty much swept. Like, it was definitely a Last of Us Part 2 night. What did you guys think about that? I mean, I uh, I loved getting to work on uh, The Last of Us Part 2. I was a huge fan of um, The Last of Us, the, the first game. Um, and so when I got the opportunity to be a small, small part of uh, The Last of Us Part 2, I was so excited to get to work with the team. They're known for creating really great games that will break your heart, um, make you feel all the feelings, and cry a lot, which uh, I love. 
in any show, any movie, uh, or any video game. So I was thrilled to get to be a part of it. And I was, I was thrilled that the fans enjoyed it as much as, as I loved working on it. So yeah, it was, it was amazing and, uh, surprising to see it sweep. But then, um, on the flip side, I, I wasn't surprised because they put so much care, uh, and effort into what they do. Um, and they're always raising the bar. So, uh, I was thrilled to see them get some love for that. And congrats for your recognition as well. I'm, I'm thrilled that the, that the game awards is, like you said, not only recognizing the people creating the games, but the people supporting the games, which is huge. Yeah, I, I agree 100%. And this was, this was, I, I think we called it on the last episode. I said it, I was like, The Last of Us 2 is probably going to, they're going to win a lot of awards. The game was fantastic. Again, I did uh, on the uh, game cast, we did a uh, a spoiler cast for the game. And it, it, was, it was crazy how it varied so much uh, on how we felt and what we took away from the game. For me, it was, I, I had, there was a good like six or seven years between me playing the first one to the second one. So I guess I kind of, I don't want to say fallen out of love with Ellie and Joel, but it was a little easier for me. And, and for me, the biggest character that I just absolutely loved the story was Abby. I, I absolutely fell in love with that story. I mean, for me, I mean, having this villain that I hated, I was just like, what to like, Oh my goodness. Like you have been through so much. I, 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 what, what, you know, it was it was such a crazy journey. Uh, that was a well earned award. It, it was a fantastic game. Uh, again, we talked about it uh, uh, here the other day too um, about what our what our game of the year was. And for me, my game of the year was actually um, Animal Crossing, and and it was Animal Crossing because it came at such a pivotal moment in all of our lives that affected the whole world and then you had this game that literally really isn't about anything but there's so much that you can do you've seen people be innovative have uh gift giveaways flea markets um um uh, runway shows like it's it's limitless so i was just like wow and that, that was the first animal crossing that i had ever played so i wasn't familiar with the series at all and i jumped in i'm playing with my family you know or my daughter and and, and, and wife, you know, we're, we're sitting there playing together as a family. It's, it was absolutely mind blowing. Uh, just to, uh, like I, that, that to me was a game of the year. Anyway, I kind of got, I kind of sidetracked. Um, <laughs> this was the, I, I enjoyed the award show. It, it, it came off. Um, it, it's always, I, I feel like there's always some of those moments that just like the production was a little and not the production per se, but just like, the delivery and, and some of that stuff. These award shows are are hard to do as it is. Now they're doing it digitally. You know what I mean? So there's going to be some things. I thought the production wise, I thought the production was fantastic of it. There were there were I was super happy. Let me tell you, I was super happy to see uh, No Man's Sky get that ongoing game award because talk about a zero to hero story. That game came out. It, whoops, that game came out. It was so rough of a launch for it 
And, you know, from where they were to where they are now, it, it is it, an absolute it's, it's astonishing what they've been able to do and how far they've been able to go with it. Uh, you had great reveals like Sephiroth, uh, you know, coming on uh, to Smash Brothers. That's exciting. That's a dope character uh, to have. I want to like Sephiroth being on there makes me want to go back and play some Smash. You know what I mean? As soon as it drops, because that's just a fun character. Character, uh, per- perfect dark returning. You had uh, Back for Blood, uh, which was uh, developed from the people that did Left for Dead. Uh, so that's supposed to like that's basically the Left for Dead series now moving over to a next gen uh, graphics and whatnot. So I know that was exciting for a lot of people. You had Arc Two being announced. Uh, with Vin Diesel. I don't even know how that's supposed to work. It's really weird to me because you have Arc, which technically, I mean, is that game done? Is it finished? Is that even a finished game? I don't know. Uh, then you had Atlas, uh, which, you know, I've heard mixed reviews about that, and they're moving on to Arc 2. So it's, it's it, I'm curious to see what they do or if they plan on continuing to support the Arc servers. And then, you know, what exactly is Arc 2? Is it going to be more story driven? You've got a main, you've got Vin Diesel, uh, you know, fronting this main character. So I'm wondering if they're kind of looking to switch up how Ark plays or what they plan on doing. So I thought that was pretty interesting. Um, overall, there were there were some great reveals. Uh, winners, we saw Ghosts of uh, Tutsuma won the uh, Players Award. And uh, I want to say Best Artistic Direction, I believe. Uh, I know they won something else. So I was happy to see them uh, get some stuff. That's a fantastic. Again, I haven't played it. I've heard, and, and it's an absolutely gorgeous, gorgeous game. Uh, but overall, I mean, I thought it was a pretty solid uh, award show. What were your thoughts on it, Lucas? I- I'm curious to see how you felt about it. I think what's fun is it's become kind of like a mini E3 with all the announcements. So as a gamer, it's it's fun to take in the show because all those trailers just get you super excited. Ryan, for me, the lead was getting that glimpse at the new Mass Effect game, which I yeah. didn't expect. Didn't expect to see that, uh, especially since they just kind of hinted at it, re- announced it officially. Um, it's funny. Speaking of Ark, as soon as that was announced, I turned to my girlfriend and I said, "It's the Fast in the Forest." Like that's, that's <laughs> much- <laughs> but no, it's a fun show. Um, it, it's just great to celebrate gaming. It's great to take that look ahead. You know, the Game Awards, if you think back to last year, that's when we got our first look at the Xbox Series X. So it's becoming this kind of event that celebrates the year that was, but is also a fun look into the future. So, you know, overall, I thought it was good. Um, I think, you know, given the difficult circumstances they had to do it under, it was a lot of fun to watch. I think they did a great job, and it's it's nice to see all those games get recognized. Yeah, I agree. Jeremy, have you ever been to the award show, the Game Award show? No, I have not. Um, I've I've watched it every year, and I I mean it's it's fun every single year. But I think this year it was uh, like you said, it was even more special because we didn't have um, the experience of conventions and E three and Comic Con. I mean, I went to PAX East right before everything shut down. That was my uh, last event, uh, so it seems so surreal. But I think it was super, super necessary and needed this year for the same reason that I loved Animal Crossing. It brought a little bit of joy to this to this year. Yeah. Yeah. And of course, you've got a lot more eyeballs, you know, with people indoors 
so what a great opportunity to showcase all the great, you know, all the good that has been in 2020 and, and you know, just uh, just the visual accomplishments, the fun that we had, the the sad times that we had. Um, you know, it's, it's a great opportunity for everybody to come together and, and just that that's the fun of award shows, right? We, we said it's really just about honoring the people, kicking back a little bit and having a good time and, and be like, yeah, man, I love this game or, oh yeah, that was fantastic for, you know, whatever. And, and then we're going to also drop some trailers on you guys and, and this and that. They, they have turned it into quite an event. I, I, I really enjoyed it. They, they, they did fantastic with it. You said there's a little bit of uh, Among Us news, which did win, which, Again, I, I'm I'm still kind of I'm a little salty about this because Among Us Among Us is a game that came out two years ago. I don't I don't think it should be allowed to be <laughs> up for awards. You know what I'm saying? It's a game from two years ago. Come on now. I don't know how I feel about that, but it did win multiplayer. I, I think it won multiplayer and uh, uh, whatever the other category. What was the other category? I don't remember. I don't, I don't remember off the top of my head. Yeah, yeah, but it, I think it won a couple awards. But uh, I saw that they've got uh, they've got a, a new map. Anyway, this is yours. This is yours. Sorry, Lucas has news. I digress. I'm gonna shut my face. <laughs> <laughs> well, this news was exciting to me because I love my Switch. You know, when we could go out, it was with me everywhere, even to work. I would sneak off on my lunch break just to sneak in a game of Mario Kart. But they announced that Among Us is now on the Nintendo Switch, which is insanely exciting, right? Because you can since your switch goes everywhere with you. Talk about like a perfect match, and I, I find it hilarious because you know it, it's so often that we hear, "Well, is this game coming to Switch?" But this one actually, I think, is a great fit. The only thing I'm wondering about is, don't you have to use voice chat through your phone on your Switch anyway? <laughs> so I, I I wonder why you wouldn't just choose to play on your phone, but if it gets this out to more people, I'm all for it. Yeah, I mean, and and here's the thing, and this is, and, and we were kind of jibber jabbing about this a little bit before uh, the show. And for me, Nintendo, like their voice comm system is super weird, but I think I almost feel like that's intentional. And, and, it, and it seems to be the same, because you do have a lot of kids that play and have Switch. It is geared for kids. Um, so, to make it so they can't get into voice chat easily, I'm not mad at it. You know what I mean? Like, especially, yeah, exactly. It's like, especially knowing that there are a lot of children that play it. I, I'm kind of, I'm appreciative of the fact that it's not easy uh, for for them to be able to get into voice chat. But this does bring up a, you know, some issues because this game heavily relies on that communication factor. So I'm wondering if maybe... I don't know what did they how did they go around it? I mean, we'll just have to see. It's, it's out. It was out as of yesterday, so I need. To, I'm gonna download it and, and check. Is it free on Switch or it, it costs money? Because I know on because like I know on PC it costs money, but on mobile it's free or something like that, right? I think so. Hopefully, there's not the Switch tax because that that's a thing. That is a thing. <laughs> that is a thing. <laughs> <laughs> We'll have to see. Yeah, we'll have to da- or I'll, I'll definitely uh, take a look and see if um see if it costs money. I mean, I'll pick it up if it doesn't cost money it's just to see how it how it works and 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 plays and whatnot. 
But I mean, again, I, I mean, this is a, it's a fantastic game. I, I love the fact that they're getting it out to more people's hands. I know that they also talked about a new level. I don't know if that dropped or is dropping, uh, but it's supposed to be an airship. Uh, I saw a little bit about it, but I didn't get a chance to really dig in and, and see uh, all the details as far as with it. But, you know, yeah, welcome. Welcome, Switch players. Uh, looking forward to stabbing you in the back. So <laughs> <laughs> that's good stuff. That is good stuff. You know what? Enough about video games because we do we do want to we've got uh, uh me that we got to sit down and talk with. Let's take a quick commercial break and we'll be back on the other end. We'll see you real soon. 2020 has already reshaped how we work. Businesses across the globe are challenged to be their most efficient, which means every hire is critical. Indeed is here to help. Indeed is the number one job site in the world with more total visits than any other job site, according to Comscore. Indeed helps you find quality candidates quickly so you can focus on hiring the person you need to keep your business going. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need, you can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. And now, Indeed's new way of matching you with candidates instantly delivers a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job criteria that you can contact the moment you sponsor a job making Indeed the only job site that can move as fast as you do. 73% of online job seekers in the U.S. visit Indeed each month, according to Comscore Total Visits. So it's clear Indeed can help get you the quality hire you need. That's why more than 3 million businesses worldwide use Indeed for hiring. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Offer valid through December 31st. Terms and conditions apply. Thanks to a lack of natural athleticism or commitment or overbearing sports parents, Fewer than 1% of 1% of 1% of people will ever play professional football. But instead of entering the NFL, they've joined another league, the League of Football Watchers. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch. I'm excited to watch my favorite team, the Green Bay Packers, win another NFC North title this season. Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through any game day. Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. Welcome back. Thanks for listening to those short messages. And now comes the fun part of the show. And... Before we get into cyberpunk, I kind of want to talk about how you got started into acting. Because... I think I heard this in an interview that you said. I think it's one of the most hilarious and entertaining entries into acting that I've heard. So can you can talk about how that got going? 
Yeah, I mean, I I had always wanted to be an actor from a very young age. Um, my mom was the dance teacher, and so she had uh, one of her students was um, a character on Barney. So at my young age, I had the understanding that people can be on Barney. That's like a job, and so that was my young child's life ambition that I I wanted to get into acting because I wanted to be on Barney. I didn't know there were other things. Uh, that you could do. So I had put together sort of a little presentation with construction paper and various other, I guess, bits of creativity um, to convince my parents that I uh, I should be given the opportunity to be an actor. Um, and I didn't tell them that my, my quest was to be on Barney. Uh, but they, <laughs> put <me> in, <laughs> they put me in a lot of... Uh, uh, acting classes with kids uh, older than me because my mom had done commercials briefly as a child. And she said, this is a really rough business and I don't want my daughter to be a part of it. And my dad was like, I don't either. I don't want to, I don't want to deal with anybody like telling my child that they're not great or they're not right for this and watching her cry. But every time they put me in an acting class, it only made me love it more. Uh, so <laughs> jokes on them. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, now I'm doing it for, uh, for my career. And so I've been acting since I was five years old professionally and my parents are incredibly supportive. I, I'm very, very fortunate that they allowed their child at such a young age to say, this is what I want to do with my life. I would really appreciate you guys getting on board. Um, so they were very supportive without being the classic stage parents that are like, oh, our kid could make some money on the side. Mm-hmm. Um, they put it away and said, you know, you're going to save for college. And then when I was like, they won't let me go to college and do this movie on the side. And so I, I went to community college and did that kind of stuff so that they would allow me to work because the university was saying, you can, you can go to school here, but you have to drop out of acting. And I was like, uh, no, this is, yeah. this is what I'm doing it for. I'm going to school to get a degree uh, that I could use um, in my profession that I'm already living. So, uh, but yeah, that's Barney is the inspiration that started it all. Was there a phase that your parents realized that this wasn't just a phase for you? I I was a very, I I say I was a very intense child, just like I say I'm a very intense adult. I, I, I think as a kid, I was very driven and ambitious. So my parents would always say, you've got to get A's, you're allowed one B. Uh, but you have to get all A's or you don't get to act anymore because if you don't get to do both at the same time, then that means like it's taking away from your education and that's the priority. So I would come home after I would have a long day on set or a long day in the studio, do all of my homework um, and then be ready and uh, just make sure that my my grades were up. And I think my parents realized after I was going, yeah, I want to go to dance. I want to do um, any sort of activities. Um, and I could still get my grades up. My parents were like, this is a little weird. And then my mom started bribing me to do normal kid things. I was <laughs> majorly shy and introverted. And I remember friends would say like, does she want to come sleep over? And I'm like, no, I'm, what happens if I get an audition tomorrow? I got to be ready. Um, and then I would tell my mom, I, I want to take horseback riding lessons in case there's an audition that maybe I would have to ride a horseback, uh, uh, a horse, or I want to take fencing classes because what if I have an audition for a pirate movie? Um, and my mom would be like, you need to go to a school dance. What happens if you get cast in a movie and there's a school dance scene, you won't know what to do. And I was like, she's right. I got to go to football <laughs> games. I got to go to the dances. I got to go to birthday parties. 
And I think it was at that point that my parents were like, our child is making all of her decisions based on whether or not she gets a job, which I don't think is healthy, but I do think, so they would say like, well, you got to go do this thing. And I think that was their way of playing into my, my weird drive and ambition uh, and obsession, but also going, she's got to get these life experiences and somehow she's yeah. got to be a kid. So uh, I think it was around that point that they realized like, this is, this is not just a hobby for her. You know, and obviously throughout your career, you have been in some of the most emotional things I think I've ever seen. <laughs> what what draws you to these roles? Like what stands out about a character to you that you look for? I don't know why I uh, keep being drawn to these emotionally intense characters or uh, these projects. I audition for a variety of things and I just seem to be uh, a good fit for stuff that's very heavily emotional, which I don't have a problem with. As I, I tell my my family, I'm like, I have a lot of emotions. And I've noticed that in my real life, I'm I'm pretty guarded and I try to keep everything together and be professional. So it's nice when I'm in the booth to finally like let go and express some of those emotions that I don't normally express in my in my real life. But I think what I look forward to working with or what I connect to most with a character is just having integrity. And if that is a if that is a more, I guess people would call a villain character or a hero character, as long as they have a mission and they are they're going forth with their goal with a lot of integrity, I really connect to that. And I think that that's what an audience or or players are going to connect with is like, man, this character fully embraces who they are and what they want to do. And uh, I think people respect that and like that. If it's a villain, they respect and like that about the villain. Um, and if it's a hero, they respect and like that about a hero. So that's one of the things that I always love and uh, connect to a lot with characters. Well, and, and you know, especially within uh, anime video games, we know that a lot of that stuff is community driven. Um, you know, how much do you connect with the uh, communities of the projects that you work with uh, and, and how has that influenced you? I mean, I I never, ever would have thought um, when I started working at uh, Funimation when I had just graduated from high school that there were going to be opportunities, first of all, that anyone would even care um, <laughs> to meet me as being a voice in a video game or an animated show or a, a character on a live action series. I didn't think anybody... Uh, would care. And then I remember we'd worked on the show for about six months and the director said, so we're going to send you to a convention. Um, it's called Anime Boston. And I said, okay. And he was like, "This is a, there's a lot of fans of the show. And I said, how? We're still working on it. It hasn't released. It just was lost on me. And I remember I went to that first convention and was blown away um, with the incredible artistic genius of people creating cosplays and uh, interacting in the, in, the, in the dealer's room and the artist's alley. I'm a huge fan of art. That was actually going to be my minor while I was in college was art history. Um, and so the artist's alley is my favorite part. Um, I miss conventions so much for that uh, because yes. I love getting to see these 
local artists. I love getting to see how they respond to the projects that I get to work on and how they see my character in their eyes and their style. Um, it's very, very exciting. But in, in this time, minus conventions, obviously, we've been getting to do a lot of virtual events and getting to do uh, live streams and virtual signings and virtual panels. And I, I love that because when we record, we always record separately. Um, and it's fun. We have all these inside jokes. I was telling um, the director of Cyberpunk, it's so fun that we've been living with this game and these experiences. And um, it's like having all these inside jokes that now everybody's in on the joke. And I'm like, oh, you know about Skippy. You know about <laughs> like so this has been very exciting. I I have not started my playthrough yet because I've been too busy watching everybody else's streams to get to see what their V looks like yeah. and what path they're taking. And um, <laughs> so to get to see the game through their eyes also helping me decide what my first path is gonna be because I I know too much and I love them all. Um, and I, I have to negotiate like which Obviously, I'm going to play more than once and I'm going to play as, as Gavin for one and play as me for one. But I'm like, man, what can I be willing to give up for my first playthrough? Because obviously, I, I know so many options of, way, of where things can go. So I love getting to interact with uh, the communities for all these properties. And I'm blown away by the support and the the creativity and I really do feel like it's genius from the community they're they're so inspiring and so supportive and so fun uh so it's it's a blast let's chat about cyberpunk so you know it's funny because since you were in the last of us and cyberpunk like those probably were the two most anticipated games maybe of this entire generation like like people were just chomping at the bit to get there how did you kind of come about to this opportunity with cyberpunk and so i know you worked on the demo but i think i saw an interview around that time that you hadn't been finalized for the main game so what was that process like in between the demo and then getting cast for the the main game so uh, I did the first demo in 2018, didn't talk about it, didn't hear anything about it. Um, and then 2019, around the same time, prepping for E3, I think it was in April, I got called in to do the second demo. Both times I thought, I'm only going to get to do the demo and then they're going to find an A-list real actor to get to do this. <laughs> um, and they'll say, thank you for your service and, and that'll be great. Um, but I remember on the last day of my second demo recording in, I guess it was like April of April and May of 2019, they said, uh, Boris, who is uh, one of the head writers and um, creative team, uh, said, so I guess we'll see you in a couple weeks for main game. Um, and it was months for me uh, as we're working on the main game before I before I trusted and believed that I was actually, actually <laughs> going to be in the game. Um I was waiting for that, like, look, we've made a terrible decision. And that <laughs> never happened. They were very lovely and very supportive. And uh, the director, I would walk in, I was like, so have they given any feedback? Like, do they hate it? Do they like it? What, what do they feel like? like, share me. Can you just be okay? Uh, so about like seven months into recording, I was there was one day where I was like, I think I've got, I think I'm going to be doing this. Like, I think this is actually me. Um, and uh, the word came back from that day of recording that they were like, it was still good, but there was like a, it was like a, a little tiny hint in a couple of the lines where, 
the swagger for V was different. And so we don't know why. And I was like, oh, I've got too confident, got too comfortable. I've always got to believe I'm going to get fired. Um, <laughs> <laughs> kind of makes sense for V is like there's always a always a um, a level of insecurity and concern that everything could fall apart at any moment. So I feel like that essence uh, <laughs> that I had really connected with um, with V and her and her journey. Um, as far as auditioning for it, I just got called in to read for the role and um, we got a, a brief character description and two scenes. Um, one of the scenes was uh, with Victor Vector and I fell in love with that scene and I fell in love with the characters and I, I loved um, the dynamic and the relationship between V and Victor Vector. And I was so I mean, I, I left the audition, which happens for me often where I will obsess over the project, but I came home immediately and was trying to research what little information that I had to figure out what it was I auditioned for. And it kept bringing me back to cyberpunk and kept bringing me back to the trailer. And I thought, there's no way that I auditioned for this. There's no way I auditioned for this. And then when they called and said, hey, we want you to come in and do the demo. I walked in, they said, so do you know what you're working on? And I said, and this is always the fear as an actor. You don't want to say like, oh yeah, I'm working on The Last of Us. And they're like, oh no, 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 no. So for that, I'm like, it, it uh, you know, it, there's parts of this that really, um, you know, really feel very cyberpunk 2077. And they were like, no, that's because it is. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> wow. Thank you so much for letting me be here today. I mean, I would have been excited <laughs> anyway, but like, wow, thank you. Um, so yeah, it was uh, quite a journey. You know, I've always been interested because you can choose to be a male or a female version of that. Are you talking with your counterpart so that you you guys are both conveying the same things at the same point. Like, is there like if, if you did a direct comparison in certain scenes, do you guys have to match that? So um, I actually never met or spoke with Gavin until uh, I guess two days before the game released. But I had been very familiar with his performance um, because just the timing has to match because no matter which player you choose and which voice you choose there's only a set amount of time for those lines to get played. So we would split up scenes uh, of who would be, as we would say, leading, who would get to cover that scene first. And then we would have the set amount of time. So we tried it a couple different ways of uh, Gavin's read getting played for me first uh, or me getting to do my first pass uninfluenced by what Gavin did. And then them saying, look, we've got to speed it up or slow it down based on what he did. Um, and so it was, I think because I've worked on so many, uh, dubbing projects where I have an existing language that I have to try to match the timing for, for those, uh, working with Gavin was so much easier because he was speaking my language literally. Um, so I kind of knew exactly where the timing needed to hit, but I really appreciated, um, both the creative team at side UK, which is where Gavin was recording and side LA, which is where I was recording here in Los Angeles. And also uh, with CD Projekt Red for saying, we don't want Jeremy and Gavin, whoever, whoever records first for the other person to just copy with their performances. We want them to keep the, uh, I mean, for lack of a better word, the integrity of the characters that they've created true to them 
and just kind of finesse a little bit of the timing and come up with different ways to say the same lines the way that their characters would say the lines. So um, that being said, I was beyond excited to get to talk to Gavin via live stream a couple days before the game. Uh, I was like such a big fan. Um, <laughs> I, I wanted to come see your show in New York, but I felt like it might be really uncomfortable if I just showed up outside the stage door last year and was like, hi, Love your work. <laughs> Just wanted to say hi. Because, uh, yeah, it's really special getting to share a, uh, a role with someone. And uh, I love what he did with the character. And he's such a wonderful person. Uh, but, no, we have not gotten to meet in person. And we didn't have a chat of, like, uh, so how are you playing V? What are your thoughts? But it was interesting as we started talking about it. He also felt like he was going to get fired the entire time. Uh, he also had a lot of similar experiences about the character and that, you know, we're, we're always fighting to prove ourselves and feeling like we're an underdog. And he was like, I always get cast for really emotional stuff. And I was like, are we the same person? Like we've never spoken <laughs> about this, but this is really interesting. So uh, that was fascinating to see. See, common theme. Just keep them on edge. Make them feel like they're going to get yeah. fired. We're going to get. We're going to pull this performance from them. <laughs> they never said that. They never said anything like that. And I, somebody reached out and they were like, "You know, we always loved what you guys were doing." And we were like, "Okay, oh, that's so nice." We're just very paranoid. We're actors. <laughs> well, as far as with the character of V, how much would you say? You know, you parts of you are in this character and and really how did you come about like developing the character of V and being in this world with all this stuff going on? So one of the lines from the audition that really resonated with me from day one, and I remember reading it going, oh, this line says so much to me uh, as an actor um, and as a person. She had a line where she says, I really think I can do this. I just need somebody to give me a shot. And I feel like for any actor reading for any role ever, that's what we're saying in our audition. I really think I can deliver this performance. I really think I can create this character. I just need you to say that you're willing to go on this journey with me. And I really connected with that being an actor my entire, really my entire life, certainly my entire adult life. There's always a level of an underdog quality when you're going into an audition. You always feel like you have to prove yourself. You're constantly just amazed at the opportunities that you have and, and super grateful for them. But you know that at any point in time, you could get recast. Um, fans could hate it. Somebody could misinterpret a comment that you say on social media. And then, you know, like worst case scenario, your career could be over. So there's a lot of unknowns that you're constantly trying to navigate and I mean, uh, unfortunately, in a lot of ways, while um, we don't live in Night City, there are a lot of parallels to the current world where there are aspects of the society that we live in, where it's a dog eat dog world. And um, sometimes things are really dark and you've got to try to maintain hope. And what I enjoyed about cyberpunk is while it does feel, and there are certainly opportunities for you to experience the adrenaline rush uh, action type of game. Um, there are there are moments of genuine connection with these characters, really heartbreaking emotional moments, really funny moments, and that was something that I'm a very sarcastic person. Um, I have a, a, a darker sense of humor, and um, 
when I first started working in the game, they would say, give us your first pass, what you uh, instinctively feel when you read the line. And they would explain who I was talking to. And I noticed a lot of my reads were a little sarcastic. Um, and, it, and it was coming from like a guarded protective place that V has where you always have to keep your guard up. But like, there is a level of uh, sarcasm there. And um, after a while, I thought, uh, I don't know if this game is supposed to be funny. Um, and I thought that they were going to say like, Hey, let's not, let's not make this funny, but they really embraced that. And, um, um, for, for some of the more, uh, mysterious moments, I've always enjoyed, uh, a good mystery and, it, and getting to be a detective. So I loved all of those scenes and I thought they were going to say, Hey, look, this is not, a law and order or NCIS. You're not a cop. Slow down a little bit here. Um, We don't need to do that. But they didn't. They, I mean, it was really like getting to do all of these fun roles that I don't think anybody would ever take me seriously for um, on camera. I mean, maybe they would now that they've heard that I can do it in a game. But they really let us play in the world and would inform us of like, this is what the environment looks like. This is what it's going to look like. We got rough sketches of some of the characters. I mean, they were sending us content as they were creating it fresh off the presses and uh, trying to keep us as informed as possible as we are really experiencing this world while they're creating it, which was really, really fun. I'm going to get get a little serious here because I know one of your, your roles that you're most known for is Asuna and Sword Art Online. So I've got a two-parter here. You sure. know, it, it, it's funny because at first glance, V and Asuna, very different temperaments, <laughs> very different language. <laughs> but did, did you carry over anything from that into this role? And the second part of that question is, if you needed a partner to get something done, who would you turn to, Asuna or V? Oh, man. Yeah, you would think, uh, and they, they do feel very different in certainly their approaches to get things done. But one of the things that I feel like drives human beings um, and certainly characters as they are depictions of human beings is love, either the lack of love or the desire to give love. And I think um, for both of these characters, love is a major driving force. V does so much for the desire to be accepted and to feel part of Night City that that V loves so much and and wants to find V's place in that world. Uh, so that is very understanding. And I think for Asuna, it's the same thing. She's got this community of gamers that she loves and she will fight for them. She will do anything that she can to make sure that they're safe. She loves very dearly uh, Kirito. And would do anything for him. And I think depending on the the version of V that you create in cyberpunk, there are options for you to find a romantic counterpart that could mirror that same experience. Who would I choose? Man, I I like glance up and like I have a china cabinet in my dining room. And when we we decided to rent this apartment, I was like, this is so nice. 
I don't know what I'll put up here. My husband was like, yeah, you do. It's going to be like a shrine to the characters that you've played. And I was like, this is genius. But now every time I look up, I see like all of these like pop figures and and little plushies that people have made me in the artist alley and all this fun merch. And so when I have to decide who would I choose, I feel like they're all staring at me being like, (laughs) they will jump out of this cabinet and destroy you. And both Asuna and V, I would not want to provoke. Um, I think they would be actually a really, I know it's a, it's a cop out answer, but I think they'd be like a really incredible team because Asuna would be good cop and V would be bad cop. And uh-huh. so like, if, if they're not willing to listen to Asuna, V's like, all right, look, I gotta, I gotta crack some skulls and I'm not afraid to do it. So I, I would love to see that team together. That's a uh, buddy cop movie that I would be all for. <laughs> let's make it happen. Let's, let's get you that know. going. <laughs> <laughs> You know, now that cyberpunk is out in the wild, so to speak, what this time period, what is that like as an actor when gamers are first getting their hands on it? And when you start seeing the reception, how how do you take it? How much attention do you do you pay to that? Uh, So I was terrified for the, the week leading up to the game. Because, of course, anything could happen. And I think there's still a part of me that was like, they're going to say we had to change. We had to make a different choice. It's not going to be me. Um, and then I think a couple days before, I was like, you know what? I got to... I got to feel some joy. This is what I want to do. This is what I've always wanted to experience. Um, and this is an incredible thing. And I should be really proud. And I should feel a lot of joy when I get to walk through the target aisle and see that the character that I that I voiced is on Rockstar cans and see these billboards around the city. Like, that is really cool. And I think as an actor, so much of the time, you're told to downplay stuff and and not over market and because it feels narcissistic. And uh, you also don't want to like make other actors because it's a, it's a really tough industry. Um, I have so many actor friends that would love to be in, in the same situation that I'm in right now. Um, and I'm sure they have, or they will be. Um, but once you experience it, you, you want to get to work on another project again, it's a family and you get to share it. And so it's a, it's a double-edged sword. And then you start worrying about like, oh my gosh, are people going to hate it? Are they going to say they made a terrible decision? And then as stuff, I have not read any reviews. Um, I posted the the tweet on Twitter and was terrified that somebody was going to say like, you violated NDA. What are you doing? Even though it was <laughs> <laughs> And uh, I've been so blown away and so honored by everyone's kind words and support. And then I've gotten to watch everybody's streams and get to see uh, everybody's posts of their gameplay and see the V that they have created. And I'm loving all of it because I'm getting to re-experience this journey through someone else's eyes and watch their joy. It's like seeing hundreds of people open a present that you got to be a part of creating and see their joy and you're getting to experience it all over again. So it's, I mean, it's the best gift. Well, let me ask, of, I know that we've done this. Let's think future wise. What's something or a project that, that you would like to work on or, or, or is there anything creatively that you haven't really had an opportunity to do or do much of uh, that you're looking to do in the future? 
I love doing film work and television work. That's what I, I started doing. And so I would love to get to write a, a film or a TV show um, and get to see that uh, get made. I would love to get to, to maybe turn an anime um, or a video game that I worked on into a live action uh, project. Mm. I think that would be really fun to get to be a part of. Even if I don't get to be an actor in it, it would be a lot of fun to get to be on the production side in some way. Just to get to go through that story again. I mean, I, I, it seems so silly, but I, I genuinely love all of these characters. And uh, sometimes our time together feels very short, and then you have to say goodbye, and it's always depressing because we don't know if another a season is coming. We don't know if another game is coming or anything like that. So really any amount of time, any session that I get is such a gift because I get to go back and visit with, uh, with a dear friend. I also would love to do, and it seems so stupid, but I think it would be really fun to get to do a Hallmark movie and a Lifetime movie just for the fun of it. <laughs> I feel like those are such iconic things. They, they really are. Like, yeah. You have to, yeah, no, exactly. Do, do you want to just do like a regular Hallmark movie? Do you want to be in like a Hallmark Christmas movie? <laughs> You know what? I'll I'll take any Hallmark movie, obviously. Um, but to be like an angry elf in a the, in a Christmas movie that has to like um, go through the uh, the the journey of finding out that Christmas isn't so bad, I think would be pretty fun. See, the basis of the story is already there. It's, it's there. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Jeremy, where can we find you uh, online? Uh, where can people go and look? Um, I am on Twitter at Jeremy Lee, on Instagram at CLK Star, um, on Facebook. I think it's just Facebook.com slash Jeremy Lee, or uh, I have a website, JeremyLee.com. Jeremy, thank you so much for coming on and hanging out with us. We really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. This was so fun. Absolutely. Again, congrats on Cyberpunk. That game is I'm I'm having a blast uh playing it. So I'm so glad. Yes, yes. Lucas, my friend, what do you have going on this weekend? I mean, I'm not gonna lie. I think in honor of this interview, I might dive back into Sword Art and, and rewatch some of it. <laughs> what about yourself, Ryan? <laughs> I need to. I'm so behind on animes. It's ridiculous. I heard that's solid. Uh, me, I'm going to be grinding out uh, Cyberpunk. I'm not I'm not even going to lie. Like, I've been putting the time in. I'm putting that grind in. I'm really enjoying it. Again, any game that feels like I'm in a movie, uh, I, I absolutely love. And that's what it feels like. I feel like I'm in this amazing movie that's unfolding in front of my eyes. Uh, and, and I'm having a ton of fun playing it. Uh, so I'm going to be about that life. Other than that, <laughs> though, you know, we hope you guys have a great rest of your week. Thank you so much for coming on and listening to this episode. Uh, we hope you guys have a great rest of your week. And you know what it is. We love your faces. <laughs> The wait is finally over. Football is back. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bent Online. 
Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to Bet Online today and take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Don't forget to use the promo code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts.